On R2C2, CC Sabathia and Ryan Rucco guide listeners through everything going on in the MLB, NBA, and NFL. They also talk to friends, athletes, and celebrities about the world of sports and much more. Check out R2C2 with CC Sabathia and Ryan Rucco on Spotify or wherever you get your podcasts. It's the Ringer NBA show presented by FanDuel. The road to the NBA final starts now, and FanDuel is the best place to get in on the action. Right now, you can check out the new and improved Quick Bets which are back and better than ever for the NBA playoffs on FanDuel. Find out what you're looking for faster and easier with more props right at your fingertips. You can check out live bets like three-minute markets and exclusive live bets like quarter player props, player assist combos, and more. So download the app today and bet with FanDuel, official partner of the NBA. The Ringer is committed to responsible gaming. Please visit rg-help.com to learn more about the resources and helplines available. And listen to the end of the episode for additional details. Must be 21 years and older, 18 and older in D.C., and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit rg-help.com. This episode is supported by State Farm. Man, I remember when I first got into a car accident, it was pure frustration because I did not have State Farm. And now that I do have State Farm, it is an exclamation of pure joy. But the only words that you need to remember are, like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. State Farm has options to fit your unique insurance needs, meaning you can talk to your agent to choose the coverage you need, have coverage options to protect the things you value most, file a claim right on the State Farm mobile app, and even reach a real person when you need to talk to someone. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Learn more at statefarm.com. Poppin', real ones, Logan Murdoch here, Roger Bell, CC Sabathi in a minute. We are currently, just full context, we are doing this one in post um, after interviewing CC. And we still have the Zoom on CC's uh, chair and his office space and his ring light. And yeah. it's like he's here, but he's not here. Who's so that in the poster? Cool. Is that Josh Gibson? Who is that? Is that? Uh, it's either like Josh Gibson. Is I think it's Josh Gibson. I was going to think like either like maybe, ja- I mean, you know, Jackie Robinson. Maybe, Could be. It's not, yeah, I don't know. I don't, I don't think it's see. Jackie. He has like a picture in the back. We're just talking, looking at his uh, his little office setup. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, man. I don't know. I, I was thinking like uh, Satchel Paige. Satchel Paige is a pitcher. So, yeah. you know, maybe Willie Mays. Could, could be. Those unis look old, old, real old. Yeah, yeah, man. Shout out. Um, that's not what we're here, though. That's not what we're here. We're here to uh, talk about <laughs> the NBA. <laughs> the NBA um, in last night's games. Um, we don't have to talk about uh, Wizards, Sixers, because Come that was on, a watch. man. Come we don't on, have to talk about. We don't man. have to talk about that game, bro. We don't have to Come talk on. about that game. First off, like, we've talked about how the Sixers, how I feel about their style of play. We'll talk about the Russ stuff with CC and a few. Um... Let's talk about, uh, first off, let's talk about the Utah Jazz Memphis Grizzlies series. John Morant went for 47 points. They lost. The, the Grizzlies in a loss. But in a lot of ways, it feels like the Grizzlies won last night's game because it's all we're talking about right now, bro. Like The Grizzlies are winning. Regardless. Yes. They're winning the series? Or they're, what, are they, what are they winning? They're winning in general, like win or lose in this series, what they're doing. On, and I even in a loss last I night, got some they shit won. To say. Hold on, man. Shout out to all my partners in Memphis. You know what I mean? Shout out to everybody in, in Whitehaven. You know what I mean? Shout out to all my people out there. Shout out to people in Germantown. Shout out to all my peeps in Memphis. Shout out to Chris Vernon, my dog. 
Um, shout out to A-Ball and MJG. Shout out to Young Dolph. Shout out to everybody. Shout out to Yo Gotti. Man, shout out to all Memphis, man. I love that city, dog. I love that city, and I want them to be a contender so bad. I have said that on record because Memphis, you've played in Memphis, I'm sure. It's a different type of energy when you step up in the building in Memphis, man. I love it. I want them to win so bad. Memphis is a great vibe. It's a great city. Um, you know, I spent summers in Memphis a little bit. I had cousins out there, and and um, you know, it's got its own flavor. But being in Memphis when the Grizzlies are a team and they're good and playing in that building, it is one of those unique environments, man. That place gets rocking. Um, it, it, it's got an energy in the building. They love their basketball, so it's pretty cool to see the Grizzlies back. And John Morant, um, real it's funny. It's real one. I was in the car yesterday coming back from football practice with my son and his and his twelve U teammate. Um, and and Jaden is his name, is a huge John Morant fan. So he was in the back. We were talking about who was going to win the game. And he was just going in on how dope John Morant was. And it's it was cool to hear the little youngins, like who their favorite players are. And then he did what he did last night, man. He's putting his stamp on, on superstardom in this league, bro. He's a problem. It's one of those series like where I don't know who the – it's one of those rare series that you have when you see seeds, um, you know, a higher seed like Utah and a lower seed like um, like Memphis where – you don't really know who's the better team out of the two right now because they're because Memphis is playing out of their minds right now. They don't have any fear. They don't care. They're too naive. They don't really they they're not tripping. And Utah is a bit battered up. I don't know what this does for the series though. It's 1-1 right now going back to Memphis, bro. It's 1-1 going back to Memphis. I Memphis has a shot to win this, a legitimate shot to win this series in my opinion. I I disagree. Um I think they have a shot. I don't know that it's legitimate. Here's the deal. Utah's a better team. There's no, there's no question in my mind that Utah's the better team, right? What's happening now is Utah's playing a little tight. Um, they played a little tight in game one, and they didn't have Donovan Mitchell. And But to your point, and I got to give Memphis a ton of credit, they're playing like they got nothing to lose. This is house money. They're playing loose. They don't know any better. And mm-hmm. that's a dangerous team to play against, right? It's a dangerous team. A bunch of young cats who can you know, defend and get buckets. They got down 20 last night, Logan. Yeah, they were down twenty. I turned that shit off real quick because they were down twenty. I was telling my wife that I'm gonna watch this shit, and then I come back to it maybe fifteen minutes later, and it's a three point game. Like young teams don't typically do that in playoffs. They get down and they're out. Um, they they got a lot of stuff about them. I can't re- wait until to see when they're fully formed, man. Because they're not they're not a they're not a contender right now. The Memphis Grizzlies are just not. You know they're not ready for that moment just yet. But they, I keep saying that and they keep surprising me. So that's a good sign. Um. Let's talk hit. Uh, let's talk Knicks real quick. Let's talk Knicks Hawks. I this might be my favorite series to watch in the postseason right now. There's so much drama. This these teams are so evenly matched. You know, there's the story of Trey Young, um, who quick plug. I will have something written about Trey Young tomorrow. So go check that out uh, on Ringer.com. Uh, <laughs> um, but what do you think about? The vindication, it seems like, of, of Trey Young, right? We, you know all the stuff that we've heard about him, but it seems like right now, it's like whenever a basket, it always seems to work itself out on the court, right or wrong, whatever happens off the court. What do you think is happening um, with with the evolution of how we look at Trey Young? Well, I always thought Trey Young was going to translate into the NBA. I thought he was going to be some of what he was in college, you know, depending on the situation he went into, but I thought his style could translate. Um, the question was always going to be whether or not you could put the right pieces around him to play that style and then vie for championships. And to some degree, I think, you know, that's still going to be the question after this playoff run, right? Um, it's awesome what he can do with the ball in his hands. Like, there, he is 
as unguardable as a lot of guys in the league. Um, out in space, he pulls from the logo. Uh, he can pass the hell out of the ball. Uh, I think that gets lost in how good he is sometimes is how well he passes it. But, you know, it's, you've got to get that recipe exactly right to have a ball-dominant, relatively small player um, on the ball as much as he is and win championships. And so, you know, the jury's still out on that. But in terms of him personally, I don't, I mean, shit, you try to guard him. I don't want to. I love, I love, like, I love the swag he has, man. Like, you see him walking off the court. I see you in the A. Don't even trip. I see mm-hmm. you in the A. Like, I love that energy from players, bro. I love, I love when they talk shit and they back it up. That's just, I just love that, man. And he was like, yo, all right, y'all got me this one. It's 1 1 going back to the A. I'm going to see y'all then. And you know, the A about to be smacking. The A is about to be on. Be locked in. I'm excited to see that. They better be. Well, he's a star. Stars, stars, you know, you look. I don't I mean the ever... Atlanta Hawks. I don't mean the Atlanta Hawks. I mean the city of Atlanta will be locked yeah, yeah, yeah. in. They should, it's Memorial they Day weekend. There's a Hawks game. It's a big series. They're going to be locked in. They better be get it popping. It better be straight. If for nothing else, you're reciprocating, like, you know, what they got in New York because New York is off the. They're, oh, New York they're, is they're off wilding. the chain. Bro. They're oh wilding. Like, you're almost making a mockery of it, New York. Like, I appreciate the hypeness. I do. But this shit is going a little far, man. No, like, no. It's just going, right there. It's just no, right there. No, 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 no. It's gone a little far. Like, we talked, we'll talk about this with CC. It has gone a little far in terms of, like, fanship. But other than what, what happened to Trey Young, bruh, they do those pan outs. It is rocking. It is rocking in the garden. Now, the garden is phenomenal. But I'm talking about, like, outside the garden people. Oh, are, it's lit. This is a... This is a first round playoff series, man. This ain't they don't the finals. Give a fuck. They That's don't what give I'm a saying. Fuck. It's, it's summer a little jam much. vibes. We ready to roll. Orange man, and blue mad. skies, baby. I'm not mad, but Atlanta, you better bring it. You better bring it. Bag time. Time to pay the bills. We'll be back. This episode is supported by State Farm. Man, I remember when I first got into a car accident, it was pure frustration because I did not have State Farm. And now that I do have State Farm, It is an exclamation of pure joy. But the only words that you need to remember are, like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. State Farm has options to fit your unique insurance needs, meaning you can talk to your agent to choose the coverage you need, have coverage options to protect the things you value most, file a claim right on the State Farm mobile app, and even reach a real person when you need to talk to someone. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Learn more at statefarm.com. All right, now we're, I want to. Before we get to CC, I want to bring in someone. I want to bring in someone that's on the call right now. He's not even like thinking. He's not even. He didn't even think I was going to do this. But I want to bring him on the call. I want to bring our CMO on, Jomi. Get your shit up, Jomi. We need to ask you some questions, pal. We need to ask you some questions. Get your ass in the chat. I'm oh, here. Oh, 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 he's ready to go. He has the uh. mic already. <laughs> Jomi, hey, stay ready so you ain't got to get ready, Jomi. We, 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 um. This is the first time we've talked to you since the Clippers fumbled the bag <laughs> in L.A. <laughs> it was $56 tickets in Staples Center, Ooh. and it damn near should have been 26 maybe 16 Maybe they should have gave away tickets to Staples for this one. <laughs> After what we saw between the Mavericks and the Clippers and the Mavericks just taking their lunch, how do you feel about the Clippers right now as our resident Laker fan? They still have a chance to win the series, right? Uh, they can't lose game three. You know, no team's come back from a 3-0 deficit. 
But, you know, they play they play well game three, catch a dub. Then, you know, the Mavericks, you know, they haven't they've never been in that position to like take a series from a team. Right. Lucas. I mean, his all his playoff games have been against the Clippers. And last year, you know, while it was close, it was tight. Everybody felt the Clippers were the better team last year. and The Clippers are going to, you know, take them. You know, we're going to move on. This year is different. The Mavs up 2-0 going back home. You know, can they shut the door on the Clippers in game three? We'll see what Kawhi and Paul George are made of. I'm not going to say that those guys are, you know, they don't have what it takes or, you know, they're choke artists or Mm. maybe they don't have the heart, Mm. the will Mm. to, you know, fight back. I'm not going to say that, but we will see. Mm. We will see. How do you feel about those words, Raja Bell? Do you feel like the Clippers are choke artists? Uh, I'm not going to go as far as to say choke artists, but what I, I can't defend the Clippers right now. I, they're, they're in an indefensible position. They're down 0-2. Um, fumbled it twice on their home court. Last, last season, you know, kind of speaks for itself. So how am I supposed to stand up? Even if I want to, even if I'm a Paul George and Kawhi and T. Lou fan, which I am. Yes. How 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 would one construct an argument to counter what Jomi's saying? I don't I don't have the I don't have the evidentiary is that a word? Evidentiary? I don't have the evidence to support that. I can't. Mm, mm, can't. The Mavs are shooting lights out of the ball right now. Yes. You know, T uh Tim Hardaway Jr.'s crushing it. You know, in game two, Chris Tapps had like two balls that like hit the rim, hit the backboard, did all the things, went in. Luca's doing like, you know, he's shooting the ball way better than he was the first half of the season. So, you know, it's not like, I'm not going to say it's all the Clippers' fault, but you got to you gotta fight for it, right? Well, like, this, it's time. Well, well, I mean, listen, there are, a lot of, there are a lot of series and games that are won because someone shot well and someone didn't. I mean, that's the game, though, right? Like, you got, you, if you got to stand your ass up and, and do something, man. Like, exactly, and, exactly. You know, that supporting cast got to stand up and do something. T. Lou has to come out here with a game plan that that is sound to get the ball out of Lucas' hand. Make, look, Tim, Timmy Jr., that's my guy. From That's 305, bro. He's from the crib. I fuck with Timmy mm. Jr. He's, but make Timmy Jr. beat you with the ball in his hands. Like, we're not going to let Lucas set the table. We're not going to let them do his live on, 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 on spot-up jump shots. Construct a plan that gets the ball out of Lucas' hands and makes the rest of that team beat you. I, I, whether they're shooting well or not, Clippers, you're the better team. You're supposed to handle that. Hey, Luke Kennard making $64 million to hand out, you know, high fives and give That's everybody work water in the playoffs. That's good honestly. I'd take that. You know, I'm not, I hey, I wish I could be in that bag, but I feel like, you know, if you're going to give a man $64 million, he should be in your playoff rotation, right? Mm. Hey, I have <laughs> a question tough. for you. I have a question for you. <laughs> now, you went on an epic rant about Palmdale last, oh last um, episode. I just would like to, um, a lot of, some people on Twitter, and they were right, they were saying that you, because you said that you could take the 91, the 91. To, Pal- to Palmdale, to the Riverside area. Palmdale is actually not in the Inland Empire. It's not Empire. even close. It's, in, it's, close. Um, it's near Lancaster in the desert, and you take the 14 to get there. Do you care that you were as wrong as you were about Palmdale? Not only do I not care, I think it was funnier that I was 
like way off, right? Because you to take the 14, you got to like take the 405 or like the 110 or something like that. And those are freeways synonymous with Los Angeles, right? You got to prestigious you, highways. Exactly. Like when you go through the like, I don't know if y'all know, but the 101 takes you right past Staples, right down uh, Dodger Stadium. Mm. Like that's, you know, prime Los Angeles. Rose Bowl. Not, Do I get the I, Rose Bowl on that drive too? I get the yes Rose sir. Bowl on that, right? Yes, yes sir. sir. There you go. You yes, take sir. the five? Yes, sir. So, you know, those are, when you think of LA, you think of those freeways. Nobody thinks of LA when you think of the 91. So it's really for comedy's sake. You know, I'm here. I'm the I'm I'm here for these jokes. Wait, for the record, do you care where Palmdale <laughs> is on the map? Do you even care? No. No. <laughs> let's, let's be honest. No. You know, I think the only the only reason I would think about Palmdale is when you see a sign on your way to Six Flags. That's it. You know, that's it. Mm. Dang. Other okay. than that, I got nothing. Hey, Palmdale, stand up, man. We need yeah, stand hey, up. Get, hey. Stand up. Get up. It's going to take a Do we have listeners in Palmdale? Do they get up. internet reception in take Palmdale? A long, <laughs> take a long drive to Los Angeles and kick Jomi's. No. <laughs> no. A long don't drive. Do that. Don't do that. Don't do that. Don't do that. But uh, <laughs> they would take a long drive to come see you. <laughs> they have to go from Palmdale. Shout out Palmdale, man. I got no problem with Palmdale. Jomi has a problem. If they get this podcast out there, it might take them, you know, three to five business days. <laughs> to get out here damn bro (laughs) okay all right with that being said let's go to prediction time before we get to cc sabathia um game three in in uh in dallas i'm picking i'm picking the dallas mavericks to go up 3-0 in the Mm. series um Mm. jomi who are you picking in the series in game three i'm picking the mavericks they're gonna have a basically a full crowd out there Mm. you know Everybody plays better on the uh, at home than on the road, and they played really well on the road. So I've got I've got Luca and the Mavs going up three zero on them boys. What about you, Raja Bell? Well, let me represent Palmdale for a second. I'm going with the clip joints. All right, mm. I'm going with the clips. I mm. cannot believe. Have you ever been to Palmdale? I've don't. I have no. I have no beef, but I have never been to Palmdale. <laughs> <laughs> no beef. But I'm, I'm sure it's a beautiful place. I've just never heard. Never been to Palmdale. Um, mm. I can't. I can't. I listen. If these. If the Clippers go down 0-3 to the Mavericks, they gotta they gotta blow that shit up. They, oh, lose, they, they oh, go down 0-3. They go down 0-3 to the Mavericks. They, I, and I don't believe I can't believe that's gonna happen. So I would just say because they I have can't, to move to San Diego, but maybe they have to move to like Catalina or something. Like I don't know if they lose this. If they get swept, they do they have to move to Palmdale? Could they be the Palmdale Clippers if they lose this series? God forbid. This is like a bigger <laughs> conversation for, you know, whatever happens with the Clippers at the end of the season, but if they don't get out the first round, you've got to make changes to the roster. And that becomes hard with Marcus Morris making all that money, with Paul George making all that money, with Lou Kennard making all that money, with Ivica Zubox making all that money. It's tough, right? Rondo's on the books. You know, Kawhi has an option, but like, you know, he loves San Diego a lot. He's not going to go anywhere, I don't think. <laughs> so what, what do you do? You know, Paul George is a is a three, maybe like a four, maybe a three masquerading as a two, right? You'd have no op. You have no assets to trade any of these guys. Everybody's making too much money. What do they do? Right. That's, that's, it's going to be interesting to see because they have limited options, no draft picks and no cap space. So I can't Sounds wait like for the Clippers. The Clippers, Clippers uh, tighten up, man. Go ahead and handle your business tonight, bro. Let's talk about this shit. Handle your business Clippers. Yeah. Um, you can't be going. You you can't be Street going to the over forum looking like this. You right? can't be going to the. Yeah, I mean, you know, you know, it's, it's, it's they won the billboard you, battle. You know, they did. They so did. good for them. 
great, great, great for the Clippers. Winning, winning the PR. That's that's what it's about, right? They hang banners for that at the at the at the stadiums, right? You get one the, the Frank billboard won battle, the, won the executive of the year. Yeah, good, great, congratulations. Okay. No, 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 no hope for the Clippers is what you're saying. Uh, the Clippers win, man. I'm telling you, we're not going to have to do talk you, about this. Joe, we're going to take care this? of it for you. Do, you. do we want to put a bet on this some kind of way? Bro, first, I'm not betting with Roger, but Roger Bell played in the NBA for how many years? It wasn't going to be monetary. <laughs> it wasn't going to be I monetary. Just had, I, just had, I just got this job. So <laughs> was it gonna, we weren't betting your job. We were betting just something non-monetary. He's going to beat us on monetary. If the Clippers win tomorrow, Joe, we got to take a trip out to Palmdale. <laughs> he has to drive to Palmdale. He got to yes. go out to Palmdale. Yo, I'm down with that. Yo, he's got to go out to Palmdale. He has to drive to Palmdale and take a picture with city limits. Yeah, yeah, the yeah city limits with the sign. sign. With the with sign. sign. Welcome he to Palmdale. He has to drive to Palmdale. <laughs> and <laughs> he has to give a, he has because he has to do one of his Jomi things where he does a step by step process on him going. You know how you do for the television? You yeah. have to do the step by step for social saying you went to Palmdale. Oh, boy. All right. Well, that uh, we are now time for CC Sabathia um, for a whole lot of host of topics. He was great. You know, it was really great for me as a Bay as a Bay Area person to have to talk to a Bay legend like that. So I think we've we've reached our quota for Bay Area. No, we have not. The show. We never have. We, we never talked to I mean, Sasha. JTA is not on the show. Juan Anderson, Toscano Anderson hasn't been on the show yet. So, you know, yeah. OK. To CC Sabathia, um, friend of the show. Lock in. Vallejo legend. Mm hmm. This episode is brought to you by Arby's. It's 3 p.m. and dinner is still hours to come. Maybe lunch didn't quite hit the spot. That's where the new two for five dollar chicken wraps from Arby's come in. Available in ranch, barbecue, and honey mustard. They're perfect for the afternoon snack attack or as an add-on to your meal. Arby's two for five dollar chicken wraps are here for a limited time at participating locations. Visit an Arby's near you or order ahead on the Arby's app. At Walt Disney World Resort, magic is found in spontaneity, the unplanned, the unexpected, an inside joke born in the Haunted Mansion queue, a surprise stitch sighting in Tomorrowland, watching fireworks from your room. These memories aren't made from predetermined plans, but manifested from simply being present and together in the most magical place. Find your moment at Walt Disney World Resort. Raja, we have a very special guest in the fucking oh. building, bro. We got a bro, very special. Hold on, hold on, bro. Let me, who's let me, in the man, fucking let me, building? Let me who's in the building, in, bro? Let me lock who's this in, the in man. We got the fucking co-host of R2C2 here. The Crestside Clown. The Corvus Field <laughs> legend. The Batari Gym regular. The Patterson Field dominator. He hails from the city <laughs> of Marine World, Africa, USA. Also known as an itty-bitty city by the water that's steady getting taller. Cleveland made him and New York paid him. He's Mr. 3000 and Black Ace Royalty. He's a six-time All-Star, Cy Young winner and a World Series champion. Raja, who do we have in the building today? Yes, man. We have CC Sabathia in the building. Thanks no, for no, 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 no. What do you always That's say? That's Vallejo cool. legend, dog. You know, you already know. If they listen, they know it's Vallejo legend, CC Sabathia, bro. What's up, fellas, man? That was a great introduction, man. I'm glad to be here. Yo, man, that, that shit was kind of lit. Logan, Logan, not for nothing. I, I rarely do this. That shit was kind of tough, bro. It's that tough. was kind of tough. <laughs> you see the you see the energy, right? You see that was, that was some tough. research up in there. You see that vibe. You see the vibes. <laughs> <laughs> CC, what's happening, bro? Well, man, you know what's crazy is that I tried to get a clown 
Well, I did. I got a clown tattooed on me because yeah. at the time you said Crestside Clown, so it's like a clown with uh-huh. a baseball bat and cleats and all that stuff. So, yeah. How did I mean, that work that's out? Was that one of your first tats? How did that work out? This, was that- this is my okay. second tattoo, and my mom was pissed. She fucking hated it. But, I mean, it worked <laughs> out. You know what I'm saying? Like, I made it to the, to the to the league, so it worked out. But she was pissed when I got it. I got it at Doug's in Oakland, and she was she was not not happy about it. For <laughs> sure, <laughs> so, bro. I mean, we wanna, I, there's a lot of stuff that we want to talk to you about, but we're going to talk to you about the NBA playoffs, man. Um, one of the big stories... Uh, we talked about what was Knicks Hawks, but one of the I know the Knicks won and all that stuff, but the Knicks fans was on some bullshit. At least the <laughs> the Knicks fans that were close to Trey Young um, on the uh, that was that was close to Trey Young when he was doing a side out of bounds play. One of the player, I mean, one of the fans spit on this man um, during one of the timeouts. Man, I thought when I first saw the video, I thought it was just oh Trey Young is with fifty and there's fifty on the on the sideline. I didn't see the spit first time, but we talk about this all the time, Raja, and I want to and I obviously want to get CC's opinion. What the fuck do we need to do with these fans, man? Like obviously fans have to do something. Let's start with CC. CC, what do we have to do with the fans, particularly that are that are in close proximity with players? You know, it's crazy, man. Um, you want that fa- as an as a fan, you want that experience, right? To be on court side or you know be close to the action as possible, but. When you see stupid shit like that, when guys spitting, and I didn't see the spit either when I first seen the video, but I saw the woman's reaction that was sitting, you know, right, she was sitting courtside and she saw the spit. So, like, her reaction made me, you know, realize that the guy spit on Trey. And then watching, you know, uh, Westbrook, you know, uh, walking in the tunnel with an injury and then, you know, popcorn's getting thrown on him. So, like, it's just, it's it's those things where, you know, I've had my wife and my mom in the stands where beer's been poured on them and different things like that. So, it, it, it sucks, um, and, and I wish there's something that we could do to, you know, figure out and screen these fans that are going to sit courtside. But, I mean, it's part of the fan experience is, is being that close to the action. You just wish that some of this stupid shit wouldn't happen, you know? Yeah. Raja, how does it, like, when when you're obviously, you, play ba- you played basketball, and fans are in closer proximity to you than they would be for CeCe, who's in the mm-hmm. middle of the mound. And you have to actually see that if you have like a corner three or even have like a wing three or something like that. You interact with them on a daily. What, what was What is that experience like? And how often do fans cross the line in in, um, in the NBA? Uh, frequently. Um, it, it, but I'm, let me, not frequently in the sense of them reaching out and, and spitting on you or throwing something at you and stuff like that. But there's frequently an interaction with you and a fan, right? Because of the nature of how close they are to you. I always enjoyed it. Like, I, I was one of those guys that, like, was looking for a little bit extra reason to to be doing what I was doing. So having someone courtside, especially that's heckling you, you know, you knock down that first three, you shoot them a glance, you maybe say something, you knock down another one. Now you're talking you know, popping a lot of shit and it's going back and forth. Those were always fun. Those were memorable experiences for me. Um, but I did have some, like I was in LA in Staples Christmas, probably 2002 after we had played them in the finals with the Sixers. And, you know, my dad was getting into a beef up in the stands because someone had poured something on my mom and them, you know? So oh, shit. like those, those get scary because yeah. you're in a building, your family's there. These are people you care about and you're helpless. You're on the court. You can't really get up in there to, to defend. So look, I if, if you spit on someone, throw something at someone, cross that line between a conversation, which is your right to have as a fan. Like, well, you can boo me. You can say whatever the hell you want. But once you, once you like, assault me, they need to be, first of all, there's no indefinite suspension, Philly. 
that he can't come back. He like can't come back. You're banned yeah. for life, dog. Like, I don't give a shit. You yeah. can't come back in here. And then um, whatever legally can be explored, that shit needs to be explored because athletes got to feel safe out there. You know, you got to, we are fair game in terms of yelling, screaming, and acting a fool, but you cannot start putting our safety or our loved one's safety um, in jeopardy. At that point, you got to, you got to prosecute, do what you could do. And for me, like the NBA, like ban the fan for, for life from all arenas. You know what I'm saying? Like, like that, that type of, that type of behavior, spitting on somebody, throwing some, some shit on the player. Like you should never be able to come back to a, a no NBA games, period. Fuck it. It's over. And this is deep. Hey, this is deep. I don't want to really get into all of this shit, but I felt some kind of way, man. Like people come to those games, um, you know, and and think they can act any any kind of way. It's deeper than that. Like that shit. You you're acting like people out there aren't human beings. Like you're just like you're at like you're at a damn carnival watching, you know, shit go on or at a zoo. Like and you could do whatever the fuck you want. Like that's you got me fucked up. Sorry yeah. for the language, but I'm not here for that. No, we have like for context. Um, that. When you guys are talking about the Sixers and the fan getting banned, I just want to give extra context. That was when Russell Westbrook got popcorn put on his throne on his head after, you know, as he's going to the locker room to, to get his ankle looked at. Um, and there was a, there was there was shades of uh, Malice in the Palace vibes like it was about to go down. And fortunately, the security got to them. And it's it's interesting to me just how. Um, you know, fans' reactions are getting covered now versus how they got covered when the malice in the palace happened, right? Largely, it seemed like it was the players' fault that this happened, right? The way it was covered. CC, do you think it, we've evolved our coverage and how fans speak to players and how that they um, and how they interact with players and what you should do and should not do since then? Yeah, I think for sure that the coverage has changed. I mean, even if you just look at that video of Russ. All the fans were pointing at the guy. That, yeah. You know what I'm saying? They were all pointing at him. If you watched the Malice in the Palace, you couldn't tell who did what. You know what yeah. I'm saying? It was just like you were just seeing players react. But like, as soon as that guy threw the popcorn, every fan up there started pointing. So yeah, I mean, I think I think people understand what's right and what's right and what's wrong. And you know, to Rajah's point, like we ain't fucking circus animals, bro. Like mm-hmm. we are human. You can't yeah. just say whatever, do whatever, and, and expect us not not to react. So. Yeah, I mean, you got to understand that that crossing that line, you may get a human reaction out of out of Russell Westbrook, who was probably going to go up in the stands if somebody wouldn't have grabbed him last night. I mean, and he probably would have been well, he would have been warranted in doing so, right? Like if For somebody, sure. if he would have went out there. Um, it's funny, and I want to get to you, Roger, because you were actually in the league when the malice actually happened. What would you think that, because in my vantage point, Everybody, like, Stack got vilified for that. Ron Artest got vilified for that. Every every player involved got vilified for that. And largely, we don't really talk about the person that actually started it, right? The person that threw the object at Ron Artest. What was, what was that like for you as a player um, immediately after the malice in the palace before, as opposed to before? Uh, yeah, that w- it was bugged out because, um, I mean, look, when, when I played in Europe for the month and a half I was there, you were used to a little bit more of a raucous environment, right? Like you, you were told, "Hey, man, we gotta get up out of here." Somebody, you know, they might some things might come down. Like, but playing in the NBA, playing in you know Division One college basketball, you don't you don't see that. Like that's not something that you're accustomed to seeing. So when it happened in the NBA, um, it was a really weird space to be in, Logan, because we understood that like for our business, we can't do that, right? We can't like we we can't like that affects the product if the if 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 the fans aren't paying the money and we're not generating the TV revenue, like we all suffer. But at the same time, 
everybody would have went up there and whooped, whooped somebody's ass on, on that. Like, you can't be throwing shit at me. You know what I mean? And, and you, you harbored those feelings too, because, you know, and I think this is bigger topic, man. This is societal now. Like I have young boys and one of them is really into like trolling and messing with people, you know, and I have to have a conversation with him because that's what all his friends do about mm -hmm. like, look, man, I get you see that shit on Instagram and you see it on, on YouTube and all of that. And you think it's funny, but you know, when you catch one of these people in person, you're going to have to be ready to square up. And Straight if you're not ready to square up and handle yours, you better leave that man alone or woman, whatever it looks like, you better leave it alone. And so, you know, I think it's bigger picture. You hop on something now, you could just fire off all kinds of shit. Yeah. Who cares? I ain't got to see him. And so you take that and you, you take it to the arena and think I can act however I want to act. But, you know, you get checked real quick, bro. Russ didn't get his hands put on him last night and, and he's up there putting you where you're supposed to be. Yeah. Hey, you, know, you know what's crazy is that I had this whole big blow up in Toronto in 2015. I don't know if uh, maybe you guys heard about it. Maybe you didn't. We I watched had, Under like, the Grapefruit. We, was, right? we, we so, saw it. We saw okay. it. We saw it. So HBO the, Max. The start of that was a fan screaming at me like, you suck, blah, blah, blah. And all I did was turn around. I was like, cuz, this is not Twitter. This ain't fucking Instagram. I will put, I can put hands on you right now. I'll fuck you up. And that's all I said. <laughs> yeah. And then it just started until, you know what I'm saying? But like, like social media and online and the way that you have access to different people now makes people get really bold in real life. And somebody's gonna get fucked, like somebody's gonna get hurt behind that shit. You know what I'm saying? Well, Cece, well, there's this, there's a lyric, obviously, and I want to ask you to both of the, both of you guys, because you guys both are athletes. There's a line from Jay Z that says, "If you shoot me, you famous. If I shoot you, I'm brainless." Right? Like, and there's something there's something that is the case with that. If somebody steps to you, your first first instinct is to protect yourself. But if you protect yourself, there's a stigma that comes with that. How? What? I'm gonna start with uh, Cece. How do you weigh that in your mind? Like, yo, I can't. I am Cece Sabathia. I can't do this. But also, you Cece from the V. Right. And you got and you got to protect yourself. How do you balance that in your mind when some shit is about to pop off? I think the, my, the CC from the V always is, is always going to be in the forefront. You know what I'm okay. saying? And, and then I, and then I'll think about some shit after. Yeah. That's just the way that I am, my nature. Um, and even with anything, anything that I do, even whether it's throwing at a guy like the that's for you, you know, that's that's not really like my nature. But like in those moments. That's who I turn into. You know what I'm saying? The, the Tony LaRusso rant last week. Like, even after I did all that, I was like, damn. You know what I'm saying? Like, it's just so, in those moments, like, the the C from the V is going to always show up. Mm -hmm. And and then I'll, I'll deal with whatever happens after that, after, after it, you know? What about you, Roger? How do you deal with those things? Listen, you you already know. I I, I turn into somebody else, too. Like, it, it just kind of, uh, you know, people always tell me, hey, man, you're not, once they get to know me, you're not you're not who I thought you were. Because, you know, they get the competitive side of me most of the time. And that's a different dude than the one that, that's on here all the time. So what I do now, though, is number one, I mean, I try to avoid situations, right? Like, I don't really hoop anymore. Every single time I go to hoop with my kids, it turns into what the Jay-Z lyric. Like, there's some idiot out there, you know, trying to, trying to go hard and trying to push and shove. And then when you do it back, you're, you know, it turns into that. So I try to avoid that because I'm too old. Because if you do it, I can't help myself. I really can't. It's just going to be what it is. So I try to avoid those situations. And, and uh, you know, for the most part, my family already knows. Like, if if it's going down, they either have to get me out or they're going to have to get to the person to stop it because I, I, 
it's it's gonna go. And that's it sucks because I'm 44 and you think I can really control that, <laughs> but I I can't. So nah. I gotta it, get get out of the situation, bro. Don't even put yourself in it. You are who you are, bro. You are that's who it. you are. <laughs> well, one thing I know, like I realize about athletes, especially high, athletes at a high level, is it seems like it's the same mindset, right? Like somebody is is testing you, like whether it's on the field or on like. On, in the street, like someone is testing you. So it seems like in your mind, it's like, all right, a motherfucker is testing me. I got to show, show them what's up. Um, what's another thing that I want to do? And I want to, you know, ask this question and then get to some other stuff real quick. But another person that uh, tried to at least talk about the the fan interactions before they came, and that's Kyrie Irving. You know, he's playing for the, he plays for the Brooklyn Nets, about to go play the Celtics, and is saying, like, I'm going to read a quote. Um, he says, I'm just looking forward to competing with my teammates, and hopefully we can just keep it strictly basketball. There's no belligerence or racism going on, no subtle racism. People yelling shit from the crowd, but even if it is it's part of the nature, I just want to focus on what we can control. Now, there's an and he alluded to rest in the quote of like Boston being a racist place, um, and especially for athletes. Now, Raja went to school in Boston and in college. You obviously played in Boston. I'm going to start with uh, Raja. What is it like to be in Boston as a black athlete? <sighs> Logan, I, I'm going to keep it a buck. I was so young when I went to Boston as a, as a student athlete, and I was preoccupied with other things that I didn't – it wasn't a, it wasn't a blatant thing for me. And as, a, as an opponent, I never experienced racism in the garden. I just didn't. And no one ever yelled anything crazy at me. No one ever fucked with me on the street. I didn't experience it. Um I was told when I went to Boston, though, about what it could look like and what it could be like. I, I consider myself blessed. I know people who have had experiences like that in Boston. I just didn't, right? So while, you know, I, I couldn't sit up on here and, and, and genuinely say, hey, man, that, that I experienced that because I didn't. It was, it was a good place for me. But I have friends um, that it wasn't as kind to. Like, mm. I, had, I had friends, you know, at Boston University um, you know, taking off their potential career path for for some shit that, you know, played out along racial lines and stuff like that. And so I can speak to that. It just never happened to me. Mm. What about you, CC? Yeah, for me, so it happened, you know, I got called the N-word there early in my career, but it mm. was when I was with the Indians. Um, was it an A or a hard ER? It was a hard ER. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> but <laughs> but it, it like, you know, it, and it just put me on guard. It put me on alert and... But I never, I never experienced it after that. As a Yankee or anything like that, I never dealt with, you know, dealt with anything like that. But I, I understand what Kyrie was saying. Mm. You know, like, I'm coming back. He's a polarizing figure up there. You know, people have their opinion of him, you know, either way. Um, and and he just doesn't, you know, you don't want to hear it. You know what yeah. I'm saying? So I, I understood what he was saying when I read that quote. Um, but I got a question for you guys about Kyrie is, why do people like pr like pretend like he has to prove himself all the time? Like I always hear people talk about the Nets and different things, and and you know people say, well, if Kyrie can do this or if Kyrie can do that, like this man isn't a champion and, and one of the best players in the league. I just feel like people are always wanting him to prove himself, you know, in the media. Do you guys feel like that, or am I tripping? I could I could see I, I could see that in a way, and I think that that's. Um... I mean, we usually talk about Kyrie in terms of like media and his relationship with the media. But I think when it comes to him being able to prove himself, I think the narrative has always been there's an asterisk around him. Right. As, as in terms of like he hasn't 
won without LeBron. It doesn't matter that he's a champion. There's always, but like that's something that's, and I'm not, and I'm not saying that my way, but I'm just saying like that's been a narrative that's that's always been out there. Like we talk about Kobe, could he win without without Shaq? It all, it always, it's like it seems like the media's way of bring of bringing intrigue to something. It's just like discrediting something else to bring intrigue to their sport, in my opinion. I think that's what it seems like. What you think, Roger? Yeah, I, I think what, what Kyrie's interested in, because he's so dope. He's so good. But he's yeah. prickly. He's got a weird, you know, he's got his own personality. He, he marches to the beat of his own drum. Um, you know, what happened, I think, to Kyrie is th- those teams in, in, in Cleveland weren't very good, you know? And he was, he was the number one guy. But he was young, and they didn't have shit else to, to work with him. So you weren't going to be able to really carry that team to much before LeBron got there. So now you win, and it's because of LeBron, which isn't fair because Kyrie was closing a lot of those games. And he closed the game. He closed the, the game. game. Yeah, yeah. No, that was <laughs> he closed the game. LeBron, LeBron was LeBron was trusting him to do that. Was that was his work? Like they co-chaired that. But what happened was then when he went to Boston. Boston fucked him the up. Boston yeah. fucked him up because they're like. You know, either right or wrong, it fucked him up. And then it was, you know, he didn't really get a chance to do shit in Brooklyn because he was well, injured that first year. So I think that's how that narrative comes around for Kyrie. Also, his relationship with the media doesn't help. It doesn't yeah. help. And I'm not, and I'm, and as and we've talked, me and Raj have talked about this, the fairness and unfairness of like the media narrative around Kyrie. Um, but it, I would just say like it, I don't know how you, how it is in baseball media, but like in basketball, like, you know, if you shit on someone or, or if a media member you know, thinks you shitted on them, then they're going to take it out on you. It's just going to, it's just, it is human nature in the, in the, in the media. So I think that that also plays a role, right? Like these are the people that are writing about him by and large. So I think that that also plays a role, in, role as well. Um, yeah, and basketball takes on like a more national media than like ours is more regional. You know what I'm saying? So yeah, like yeah, yeah. ours is only big because it's here in New York. So it's a bunch of sports writers. But if you say something in Cleveland, it's only three beat writers, you know, two or three beat writers. So nobody's really going to take notice. Like, these NBA guys are getting covered by national writers and reporters every single day. Do you guys want That's like good point. with the with the Major League Baseball? And I want to get to a playoff game before we here. I want to just a real quick question with Major League Baseball. Um, do you guys like want more coverage? And w- if you had more coverage, you would have this day to day stuff, right? Like it's a conundrum that like if you had the the big media coverage, not to say you don't, but like you you know what I mean. It's not every single day, like. Like like the NBA is. Yeah. Do you think that you would want something like that? Like every single day, something else is up. I'm gonna be t- I'm gonna be completely honest because I played in New York and it, and it is like that in New York where every single day something pops up. We le- we're the lead story on Sports Center if we lose two or three in a row. No, I I, I didn't I didn't want that. Like as baseball players, I I didn't want I never wanted to be famous though. Like mm-hmm. I just wanted to be really good at my sport, you know what yeah. I'm saying? Like, and if and if that made me famous, then fine. But like, so I never really cared about media coverage or anything like that, or you know, being exposed or having commercials. I just wanted to win and and you know, win a championship and have a parade and shit. Like, that's all I really wanted. I wanted to win, so I didn't really care about you know, like being a, a huge star, if that makes sense. And I always like baseball, dog, because the money the money was guaranteed. It was really big, right? The money was good. And you didn't have to worry about being under that microscope exactly. in, in a lot of the markets, right? Like, it was like, hey, man, we out here just getting it. Flying yeah. under the radar. That's it. Yeah. <laughs> only, <laughs> only thing that's different, man, it's a, it's a, it's a bitch in the, in the minor leagues, bro. It, it takes a lot to get to that to that stage where you make – it's just – it's a grind. But um, 
Let's talk about a game tonight, uh, Lakers-Suns. You know, so, um, this is one of our, our favorite topics to to bring up is the Los Angeles Lakers and, you know, and uh, and Raja's Suns. What do we think is going to happen tonight, man? Do you, do you, what, Raja, what, what's going on with your Suns? You guys going to take the take game three or what's going to happen, bro? You know, I, I thought about this because you and Jomi didn't let me like put my my qualifier on my my prediction for the for the. For the series last time, right? You made me fucking make a pick. You, you said knew I was that up you picked you, the Suns no. game too. <laughs> you knew I was up. You knew I was up against it with Phoenix fans. They wasn't gonna let me back in, so I called fucking Phoenix. This series is all predicated on whether fucking Chris Paul is healthy or not. Yeah. If his shoulder is not healthy, bro, I, Phoenix. You gotta be you guys. an irrational person, bro. You time nah, to nah, be an irrational person. Man. Come on, man. He's he's if if he's not healthy, they can't beat them. All right. If, so and, who's and, winning tonight? I, I would take the Lakers at home tonight. Okay. I would usually the ebb and flow of a series. I got the Lakers at home, and then maybe, maybe you know we could talk about the Suns winning game, uh, game four at, 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 in LA. CC, who are you picking tonight? I agree with Raja. I think I think if if Chris is not healthy, I don't think the Suns have a chance, man. I mean, just even watching some of the shots he passed up in game two, a couple of floaters in the lane, where it just you know his offense it just kind of makes the 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 help the team flow a little more. So. I think that if he's not healthy, the, the Suns don't have a chance, but I think the Lakers win tonight. Uh, so you played in Cleveland when um, LeBron was a freshman, sophomore, probably his whole high school career. His and whole high school career, You yeah. talked about um, one time when like, your, your partners was like, yo, CC, you got you to gotta see this dude, bro. Next Michael Jordan <laughs> is in high school right now. You need to come to Akron, or you need to come to come see this guy play. You were catting off. You was like, oh, no, man. Like, I ain't gonna, I'm CC Sabathia. I ain't going to see no bum-ass high school. <laughs> but, <laughs> um, and, so, and so when you saw him for the first time, can you walk me through that experience, please, of, like, seeing LeBron James as a high schooler? And was there mentorship after that? What was the process of, of seeing him then getting to know him along the way? Yeah, so that, that story is basically what, what you just said is basically how it went down. Um, we had a, um, a trainer that, that he – ref high school games at the time. LeBron was a freshman. And he was like, man, this is kid in Akron. I'm telling you, he's going to be the next big thing. And I'm like, there's no chance I'm going in the offseason to Akron to go watch a kid play. Like, it's just out of, not, not fucking happening in my offseason. CC so was hating. I was hating. So the next year <laughs> I come back in January, um, and he was like, okay, listen, they're playing right across the street. They was playing at, at the uh, Cavs arena, and we shared a parking lot. He was like, we can just walk. Right underneath, we can go to the game, and I get to the game, and was you hating? He's like, I'll just go for like one quarter, bro. You gassing like, right now? I was, I was, <laughs> you, and it was a bunch of us. I was like, man, we we just show up for a little bit, you know what I'm saying? People gonna be all over it's whatever, blah blah blah. We get there, and it's LeBron James that you see right now, because like obviously his body wasn't as developed as it is now, but. I mean, he had a triple-double. I think he had like 35, 15, and 12, and he could have scored 60. Mm. Like, you like you could see that he was passing up shots even back then, like where he could have just dominated the game and, you know, scored 60, 70 points a game. He was he was ridiculous, man. And, and like, as soon as you saw him play right away the first quarter, I was like, oh, shit, this do, is Do athletes this like is real. of a certain place, do y'all recognize game when it's like, okay, for sure, I see this. I can see it right here. Do y'all already know when, when it, even if it's early like that? You can. You can see it. I mean, but you just hope, especially when he's that young, because he was a sophomore. Yeah. You just hope that it can play out. You mm -hmm. know what I'm saying? Because you see so many guys, Shea Cotton, so many different guys yep. that we know of that it never plays Cook out Mitchell. the way that, Yeah, it's a bunch of guys. This LeBron is the only athlete that's ever been on the cover of Sports Illustrated that, as a teenager 
that's actually fucking panned out. Like yeah. he's lived up to the bill and even more. Did than, you mention him at all? Did you be. ever like, did you guys, after that, what was the relationship like? I know y'all cool now, but what was it like yeah. after you went to that game? So after that, I didn't see him again until the next summer. And uh, I saw him with Worldwide West. Me and West. Uh, became really close me, uh, through Oakley. I got the, got a chance to meet Charles Oakley when I was real young in Cleveland. Oh. Got real close with Wes. Oh. And then Wes and LeBron had developed a relationship. So um, I didn't see him again until his 11th grade summer. Um, and then and then we got really close again. Uh, start, we got really close hanging out with Wes and Was and he Randy already and knew, Like, did he already know what he was going to do? Because it's like, you know, I, we've all been teenagers before. You don't know what the—you don't know what you're going to do. Like, he was, he was already— he was already LeBron because he was, but he was, for me, I thought he should have played football because mm-hmm. I've seen him play football a couple of times. And I mean, he was six, eight receiver with, you know, with wheels and hands. Like he was, he was a really good football player too. But um, by the time he was a junior, you, you could just tell that he was going to be the first pick. We, everybody was hoping it was going to be in Cleveland. Still think that was a fucking scam how they got the first pick. But because uh, <laughs> that franchise, they were going under. Like oh, yeah, it was, yeah. it was nobody at the games. They had those ugly ass black uniforms <laughs> with the teal and orange, and they were like that shit was going under until they got LeBron and he brought him back. Yeah. Um. Look, I'm a LeBron fan as much as the next guy. All right, but you said something in there. I got, I got to ask. You're, so you're cool with Oak? Yeah, I'm cool with Oak. All right. I'm going to tell you, Logan, right now. Ain't too many. There aren't too many. Let me get my English correct for this. There aren't too many people that I am afraid of. I'm going to tell you like this. Charles Oakley. I am lightweight afraid of Charles Oakley. I will not fuck with Charles Oakley. I said, hey, crazy. And we had, there, I ain't going to say no names. In 2001, I played with someone who, like, legitimately, I would watch him go out to jump balls, um, and I would watch him set up. And I would watch Oak walk out there. Oak was with Toronto at the time. And Oak would look, look at him like, hey, you gonna run that motherfucking spot. And, and I would watch this big 6'10", 250 just slide on over like he wanted no part of that. I, was, I said, okay. okay. Yo, it's, Raja, huh. I've seen Oak knock out more than 10 people. That's like, not, <laughs> like, like, I believe like, it. Like knocking motherfuckers out, cause like for real. Like yeah. just, just one hit knockout, like, that's it. All right, we got to go to the next spot. Yeah, I made Bro, a good call on that. Look, he came up. We were in the stands, like, post-game in Chicago one time. I hadn't really talked to him in that Toronto series, so he had retired. I might have been with the Suns or some shit. He was in Chicago after the game in the family section. We came out. There's some people around. I'm kissing my family, and, you know, there's some, there's some people hanging out with him, and he came over, and I hopped right into, like— Prep school. How are you, sir? Hey, nice to meet you. <laughs> Charles Oakley. Like, hey, bro, I want no problems tonight. How are you doing, buddy? He got a one-hit acquitter, man. Oak no, is crazy, man. Man, um, quick prediction, and let's get to real one of the week. Uh, Nuggets, um, Nuggets Blazers, who's winning tonight? I have, I, you know, me. I'm sure CC, me, me and CC are on the same page. I want the Blazers to win. I want Dame to shine. It's not going to happen. I don't think oh, it's going to no? happen. Wait, actually, actually, you know what? No. Actually, I'm going with the Blazers. No, 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 don't do that. I'm going with the Blazers. 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 No, because I forgot. I forgot they're going back to Portland. I'm going to go with the Blazers. And it's one one. I'm going with the Blazers. Oh, you got CC? You got Portland? Yeah, I think I think Portland's got an outside chance to go to the finals. Hey, I get the I get the energy. I get the energy. And I know you got the Raiders hat. I know you got the Raiders hat on. You need to relax. You need to relax, bro. I feel like if if Dame can catch fire, man, I feel like they got an outside chance. 
Oh, Yo, shit. You, so, hey, uh, I'm going to put you on the spot feel, real quick, CC. Like, hey, uh, what other team besides the Lakers you think can make it to the Utah? You guys uh, think? Or, or? I like Phoenix. I do like Phoenix. If Phoenix can beat the Lakers, I like Phoenix, bro. Um, no, you got I'm going to put I'm you on the you spot I'm with you, though, CC. I think it's more wide open than people. I think it's more wide open than hey, people want to suggest. It's wide open. Right now. Right now. You're from the Bay. You're from the V. CC or Steph, right now. I'm going to need you. To, I'm putting you on the spot. Dame or Steph? Yeah. Dame or Steph. Damn, Steph. I put CC or Steph. But. <laughs> Steph. <laughs> because Steph is Damn like an all-time great, man. Dame is one of the greatest of this generation, but Steph is like an all-time great. He's like one of the, I mean, not one of, he's probably the best shooter of all time. Definitely the best shooter. Yeah. So it's no right. disrespect to Dame. I mean, it's like he's literally one of the greatest shooters of all time. Yeah. All right, who's your who's your pick? Who's your pick, Roger? No, I'm taking Portland, too. I like them. All right, at the I got crib. Portland. We all yeah. got, are we all got Portland tonight? Yeah. I like right. Portland tonight. All right, let's go to, um, let's go to quick one, a real one of the week. Um, ruin of the week is when we have a person, an entity, or an organization that won the week. I will go first. Um, it goes back to our media conversation. I'm going to go with Naomi Osaka, man. She put out a, a big a big statement about she is going to not talk to the media during, and this is coming from a media member. She's talking to, about not talking to the media during her next tournament and is going to use the fine money or is telling the people to use the fine money to go towards mental health because she says talking to uh, the media during this generation messes with her mental health. And so she's not going to go through with it. So, you know, shout out to um, Naomi Osaka for taking that, man. I, res- I can respect that even as a media mm-hmm. member. Um, Roger, who is your real one of the week? Oh, that's a tough one, man. I had some names. I forgot them, but it, 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 we'll just come off the cuff right now. It's going to be Luka, <laughs> Luka Doncic, bro. Oof. Like, it, it, the man went on the road, busted Clippers' ass twice. They have no answer for him. Like, he's, it, they just don't have an answer. I don't even know what the stats are. I could look them up for you real quick. But if you've been watching the games, like, yeah, 39 and 1. Like, they have no answer. Luka Doncic is real one of the week. Mm-hmm. Stacey, who's it. your real one of the week? You know what's crazy is uh, I'm going to give my real one of the week to Tony La Russa. After my rant last week, Tony called me up. We had a nice conversation, explained to me everything that happened. I can't disclose, you know, the conversation, but it was good. And, and you know, that's a real one, right? That for, is a real one. For me to go on that rant and him to call me up that night, you know, you got to give him his props. So he's a real one for that. Respect. Hey, so before we get out here, CC, what I got to do about my Raiders, bro? Like, how do you cope with them leaving the Bay? Like, I don't even care about the, what's going on. They already, they sucked my entire life, and then they fucking moved out. How do I cope with this? What do I do? Come to Vegas, September 13th. What do you mean? Listen, we... <laughs> Like, you gonna be there? You gonna be there? Absolutely. I'm going on Thursday. I'm going oh, on Thursday. Hey, so listen, I might go. I might lock in with you. You gonna have security around you and shit. I'm gonna lock in with you if I go. No I'm, security. I'm no security. We, we all Raiders out. No security. All right. We just we gonna blend in with the crowd. But I, like for me, like I love Oakland. Obviously, we love the Bay. We from the Bay. But getting a chance to go to Vegas and go to Raiders games, guys, like. We can't cry about that. We could have been going to San Antonio. So getting a chance to go to Vegas for a long weekend to watch the Raiders, hopefully fucking win. I don't know if they could. Well, I mean, we still going to suck, but at least we're going to suck in Vegas. <laughs> Yo, I, I, you know I was watching the, I, I was out on the Raiders because I was, you know, like it hurts, man. My team left Aaron my city. Well, Aaron that's what Rogers. I did. Yeah, there Rogers. you go. We need Aaron Rodgers. Aaron Rodgers, come to, the, come to Vegas. Come Please. to Vegas. Come through. Come home. Stop playing. Go, if he go to Denver, we fucked. I'm just, oh, just, just hey, hey. I was, It was funny because I was watching. I was out on the Raiders, and then I was. I watched the thirty for thirty on Al Davis, and all the fucking propaganda was there, and I was ready to roll. I was like, the autumn wind is a fucking Raider. I'm ready to go. Give me my fucking jersey. Give me my Jack Tatum jersey. 
<laughs> now, you take a special type of fan to be a Raider fan, man. We put up with so much bullshit, and the team sucks. So if you're still on a Raider, man, you, you're a diehard. That's why I root for everybody in the NBA. Like, yeah. I root for who the best team in the NBA because I need some uh, fucking winning in my life. That's why I was a Laker fan <laughs> growing up, CC. That's why I was exactly. a Laker. You know what I'm saying? You, see, yeah. told you, Roger, we, there's Laker so fans in the Bay. I told you. I already told you. I was a Laker you. fan. I was a Laker fan. I told you. Like, it's here. Jesus Christ. Anyway. I, I became a Warriors fan when I when I, uh, when I I became a professional. I got tickets myself. I got to be a, been able to uh, buy tickets. And it was like the We Believe Warriors. It was Barron and Stack. See? And, you know, I'm close to Al Harrington. So... You know, that was my squad. They never claimed us as a, in Oakland, and I didn't even know they was in Oakland until I went to a game at six. You know what I mean? So, <laughs> Golden know, State. Golden right? State, bro. Anyway, <laughs> I know you got to go, bro. Um, that was CC Sabathia. You can check out R2C2 every Thursday, right? Every Thursday? I get every that Thursday. right. Every Thursday. All right. You could go on the um, – make sure you check out all the um, MB- stuff on the NBA feed. That is the real ones. That is group chat. That is mismatch. That is um, that is the answer. And also check out our other Ringer pods, uh, the Ringer Music Show with Charles Holmes and Black Girl Songbook with who? Roger Town Bell. legend, Danielle Smith. Damn right. We will see you guys on Monday. Also, um, on Mondays, make sure you call our voicemail line. Um, Tell us why you met. Also follow the Ringer NBA on all platforms. Jomi's about to punch me in the face in the chat because I have not gotten to that yet. But anyway, we will um, see you guys on Monday. Thank you, CC. Come to the show. Come back, bro. You know what I mean? Oh, yeah, for sure. I got to come back. <laughs>